Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Wes and Walker Show. The early returns coming out of Philadelphia, they're the only franchise to fire a doc for a nurse. It's Wes... That was pretty good. I got to give it up. And Walker. I really like that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm ashamed good. to tell you how much I like it, but I do. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Thank you very much, Fiddy. He'll be here all week, folks. Friday, the final football Friday for the Panthers, that is, of the season. Keep the text coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. If you didn't get to see the Big Show content that we put up yesterday, there's plenty of that and more on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram at Westbryan underscore 72 at Walker Mail at HTB underscore Josh. And most importantly, at Wesson Walker on Twitter or Instagram, and now it is time to get to the campus. Kona. All right, we got a little bit of a mix. NC State, man, they're killing it in the transfer portal. I told you yesterday about North Carolina's top prospect from 2023, Noah Rogers, who went to Ohio State last year, jumped in the portal, and he has made his decision. He will be going to NC State. So now NC State has got Grayson McCall, along with Noah Rogers, among others. They've done really getting the job done there. But, however, we are transitioning into college basketball season conference play. We got the national championship coming on Monday night, and we'll get more into that on Monday. But as far as this weekend goes, we've got some great basketball games to bring to you when you talk about locally ACC. We're going to start with Carolina and Clemson. Tar Heels are 7-3 in their last 10 at Little John, but they've split the last four meetings. Baycott balls out against the Tigers. He's 21-10 and 10 in back-to-back wins against Clemson. North Carolina's 27th in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. They've also, uh, Clemson is 53rd in defensive efficiency, even though they got lit up by Miami. 95 points, the Canes scored, but they've been a lot better defending at home. And in their final three ACC home games last season, they allowed an average of around 64 points per game. This is going to be a great matchup. What do we think about this game and what type of statement it makes for both teams? I think it means more to Clemson, especially with it being at home. And if they get this win, then that means it would be their biggest win of the season by far. North Carolina, all you're trying to do is just remain status quo right now. With Clemson having lost that game to Miami, I don't think it's a crazy disappointing loss. It's on the road, even if it was by 13, even if you did have the lead in the first half. Miami is still a very good basketball team. I do expect them to get to the NCAA tournament and be a relatively high seed. I think it's going to be a good year for the ACC. But this is going to be a real fun one. I'm excited to see what's in store for the Heels and the Clemson Tigers. And we'll see if North Carolina, having beat Pittsburgh after a losing streak against them, always been a team that they've struggled with. It represented a downfall last year, and it was a little bit of foreshadowing of what was to come. They still ended up getting that victory despite an awful shooting night from Harrison Ingram. But now, Wes, unlike Caleb Love, 
where if Caleb Love wasn't hitting shots, then there wasn't anything else that he was really helping you with. If Harrison Ingram isn't hitting shots and he wasn't in that game against Pitt, there are plenty of other things that he's helping you with. Defense, rebounding, facilitating the basketball. That's such a huge thing to have with your squad. Everybody just fits a lot better together, and I expect North Carolina to win in what is going to be a nice matchup for them. Uh, I look at this game, even though it's early in the season, I look at it as a statement game as far as just sending a message to the other team, and especially for Clemson. I think if Carolina loses his basketball game, it's not a lot of sweat off their backs, but I know they want to get this victory, but they will get a second chance at the Tigers on February 6th. The Tigers will come to the Ding Dong. But I think that for Clemson, this is a statement game to let a lot of the naysayers know that, hey, we're a team to be reckoned with. That's not to say they're going to be a Final Four team or anything like that. But for Clemson to come out, take care of a team like North Carolina, especially after the performance that we saw against Miami, I think this gives them a chance to put the ACC on notice that, yeah, the Clemson Tigers are going to be a team to be dealt with. Last thing for North Carolina, at least as it stands right now, it's the last opponent, it's the last ranked opponent they'll have in quite some time. NC State, Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College. They earned it. Florida State, Georgia Tech, February 3rd. That's in a month's worth of time is the next time you'll play a ranked opponent. They actually have Clemson right after that. So could be the last big matchup that they'll have for quite a while. Pretty, how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, I mean, I look at it for Clemson. This is a chance to really make a statement that they're going to be a team to compete in the league for Carolina. If they win the game, do you not come out this weekend thinking that they're the best team in the conference as of January fifth, sixth, or seventh. Like I think I think that's what's on the line for them is just them making their presence felt at the top of the league once again. Yeah, I think so too, man. And so this is gonna be a great matchup for both of these teams. As I said though, they do meet again. And so now moving on, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons will take on the Miami Hurricanes fresh off of that big upset win over number 16, Clemson. Miami currently ranked number 45 in Kempom, three spots behind Wake Forest. In net, though, they went up to 40, did the Hurricanes. And so Miami is one of the few teams that have an offense that can compete with Wake Forest. They're currently 19th in efficiency per Kim Palm as well, but their defense lags behind their 124th. Their effective, effective field goal percentage is six. And so no Chad O'Meara is off to having a really great season. He's hitting 62% of his shots, averaging 17 a game. Wake Forest is undefeated. On their home court, 8-0, Wake Forest ranks sixth in opponents scoring, giving up 68.7 points per game while holding opponents to 42% shooting and making 48% of their own shots. As I said, Hunter Salas and Boopy Miller in that backfield combined 35 points per game between those two in the last 10 games. The Demon Deacons are 9-1, and and the Hurricanes are 8-2. What do we think about this big-time matchup going down in Winston-Salem on Saturday. Wake Forest beating Miami would be the best win that they have all season. And so just because that would be the biggest opponent that they will have beaten, I think that's why it means a ton for the Demon Deacons. At least Miami now has that win against a ranked opponent in Clemson, which gave them a little bit of a cushion if you were to suffer a possible loss to the Demon Deacons. But right now, the biggest criticism towards Steve Forbes and company is the fact that they haven't done it against anybody, which is true. I like Wake Forest, but there isn't a really impressive win that they have under their belt right now. Not really impressive. And they don't have a really strong non-conference schedule. But here, against Miami, even if they're not ranked, 
I think we all know Miami is a good team. If they beat Miami and they certainly do it, what is this, on the road? Is that when, so? No, it's at home. Okay, so if they do it at home, regardless of whether it's at home or on the road, I, I think this is going to be the one that you can point to and say, yeah, we're playing a lot better. And we actually have this win against a team that got to the Final Four last year and has some holdovers. This would be the game to point to if you're a Demon Deacons fan saying, yeah, now you can't say we haven't done it against anybody. Well, also, too, if you look at Wake Forest, if they're able to get this victory, then they got to stretch up some games that they would deem very gettable, whether you talk about going to Florida State after this, Virginia at NC State, and then Louisville. So Wake Forest has a chance to really put themselves up there in the standings before January 22nd, traveling to that wretched place, Chapel Hill, uh, to take on the Tar Heels. And so they're going to have some matchups, and then they got Duke down the road uh, as well. But I think for Wake, this is another one of those games, like I said, about the prior matchup to put the conference on notice because I think a win over Miami gets you some respect because the Canes looked very good uh, against Clemson. They've only lost a couple of games, albeit they were blowouts. But uh, I think for Wake, a program that many people aren't as familiar with a lot of the play- players on the roster, and I think that's why there's a lot of the uh, kind of naysaying so far. And like you said, they haven't played the toughest schedule. And so I think this is a chance for them to come out and make a statement for Miami is to keep the momentum going, get themselves back into that top 25 because I think after you beat Clemson, you beat Wake, you get up into that top 25. How much worse would you feel if they lose to Miami? Um, It depends on how it happens. If they get smashed, then I'm just going to be like, man, you know, that's tough. Move on. But if, if it's a close win, I mean, a close loss, I mean, you know, I'm not chipping off that. Yeah, I just feel like this is the, the last time you can really make I mean, somewhat of a statement before you take on North Carolina on January 22nd. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't, not saying that you'll care a ton, but there's going to still be some validity to the fact that you haven't done it against really anybody all that special. Like how many NCAA tournament teams have they played and beat so far? Florida's 10-3, and so the Gators is probably the game that you would point to first and foremost. But man, it's still going to be a while. I I think... This game matters if you care about the Wake reputation. Doesn't mean that they're going to miss the tournament if they don't win this game. I don't mean that. But if they beat Miami, it'll help their reputation a little bit towards the naysayers that you speak of. All right, Fiddy, what do you got? I know you want to get your get back for my uh, insult earlier. Go ahead. What do you think about this game? Nah, man, I'm a Carolina man that has class. This is going to be a fun game. First (laughs) one to 90 will probably win the game because both teams can score it. And both teams struggle defending it. And, Wes, I tell you all the time, man, I want y'all good. I think it's good for the league. It's good for the conference when the ACC is relevant. And it'd make for better trash talking between you and I. Do, do you hate that more? Or do you, do you want him to talk trash to you? Or or would you rather have yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, that's always the misconception about Wake Forest is that people call him Switzerland and try to say, oh, you know, we like you guys and this, that, that. No, we dislike people. We well, don't I, like you, Duke. We don't yeah. like you, North Carolina. So don't come giving us your little pity party. We're going to tell you where you can take it and shove it. But it's it's really a nice play by Fiddy because I what, what hurts, I think, even more so is that he genuinely means it. Yeah. He, he does yeah, want Wake like, to no, be better. We don't want that. And so now that you try to engage him in trash, talk and he'll give it to you but he also wants you to be better and and that isn't a feeling that can quickly be changed by any words from you and that's what's fr- uh, frustrating i would imagine yeah it definitely is but like <laughs> i said we don't want any of your uh, sympathy pity whatever you want to call it you can take it and shove it but uh nc state will take on virginia this is another big game in the league as far as perception for both of these teams nc state's got three losses uh they came all on the road two of their losses came against Top 10 Ken Palm ranked teams, whether you talk about BYU and Tennessee, the other came on the road by 20. 
and uh, Ole Miss is still unbeaten, but they're 84th nationally in offensive efficiency, 64th on D, and they've won games in multiple different ways, whether it's in the mid to high 80s or games in the low 50s. And so NC State, I think this is going to be a big game for them against Virginia, a team that you know what they bring to the table. They're number one ranked in the defense, number one ranked defense in the ACC. Surprise, surprise, only giving up 55.9 points per game. Do the pack, get this thing done, and what does it say about them if they're able to get this win? And for both teams, really. I, I think Virginia wins, but, man, Virginia, when they lose, they just get destroyed. It's happened in all of their losses so far. Wisconsin, 20 points. Memphis, 20 points. Notre Dame, 20 points. I mean, that's mm. brutal. All three of them, and they've only lost three games so far this season. What's it going to And even with their defense being best in the ACC, you know, they did allow 76 to Notre Dame. They allowed 77 on the road to Memphis. Now, uh, and, and they allowed, you know, 65 isn't bad against Wisconsin, but it's not like they have been just unrelenting, swarming, suffocating, all of the things that you've come to know about Virginia's D so far. Yeah, on the road, it'll be a somewhat nice win for the Cavaliers, but uh, they certainly just... <laughs> They don't need to be beat down by 20 points anymore. And so you're going to have to stack up a few wins to get over some of the blowouts they've suffered. Fitty, does State win this weekend? I think they do, Wes, because Virginia away from home isn't the same Virginia that they've been in years past. And I know it's only January 5th. State needs this type of win to start building a NCAA tournament resume. I know I said yesterday they're going to the NIT, but give me the pack at home. Okay, well, look at that. It must be uh, snowing outside if, if Fiddy is making that kind of selection. And then last two, uh, are we worried about Duke at all uh, going up against Notre Dame? And Walker, your Charlotte 49ers have got a big-time matchup this weekend, taking on number 17, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, so I'll start with Duke first. No, I'm not worried. I think they get the job done. And then going with Charlotte, I would like for them to be able to pull off this upset. They haven't been playing well this season, so I would say FAU is the safe bet for sure. But hopefully Charlotte can pull off the upset against the 17th-ranked FAU. Hey, Walker, I'll tell you this. FAU's got three losses. They've lost to Illinois. Can you name the other two teams that have beaten them? No, I cannot. Bryant and Florida Gulf Coast. All right, so you're saying there's a chance, baby. I'm with it. Go Niners. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Florida Atlantic as well, and I think Duke should handle business uh, against Notre Dame, even though Duke has only played uh, two true road games, and they lost them both this season, but I don't think they have any trouble going to South Bend. When we come back, it's Shroppy Proppies, Shroppy's Props, and more, <laughs> more Carolina Panthers talk on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
all this ice rink talk during the break. It's getting a little hot in here, Wes. Yeah, man. Lots of fighting going on. Hockey talk going down. I love it. Shrop is in the studio. He's here for Shrop's props. Shroppy's proppies, if you will. He's going to help us out in just a moment. He's made some props up. Shrop.com. Go check it out. He's talking a lot of trash to Fiddy and vice versa because it looks like we might have a situation. I don't know if we can promote this yet, so I'll keep it a little bit underground. But looks like we might have a situation where there's going to be an ice rink available to both Josh Fiddy Marlowe and Aaron Shroppy Shropshire. Now, because of that, we were certainly talking about the figure skating. And Fiddy saying that if you gave him a month, he could come up with a routine. That I guess that's respectful. Yeah, yeah. He said that he could go out there and skate no problem. I don't know what the definition of no problem is. Like, would he fall once? Does that count? Does he have to be real fluid in his skate? I don't even know what that means, even <laughs> if all of us doubt it. But then it got to a point where we were talking about Fiddy playing hockey. And Shroppy, the last thing he said before we hopped on the mic, he said, I'll even lay you out. Yeah. Fiddy. And then Fiddy was talking about, oh, I have all these pads on, so it's not going to hurt. Right. Which, of course, you, a football yeah, player, said, hey, okay. you know, play football. I got a lot of pads on. It won't hurt that much. Right. And then that's when Shroppy said, I'll lay you out. Yeah. And then Fiddy was like, okay, then. All right. So we, we got a little fight going on between producers slash renaissance people helping us out. How are you feeling, Shroppy, with Fiddy talking all that trash to you? Confident. <laughs> See, I think if you went to go and, and, and hit him, he'd probably duck under it, and then you'd end up flying into the wall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something he, like that. He's not built for the contact, I don't think. I think what, what well, you think or, I, or I would just skate away like actual hockey players. Like, that's just that's what I do. Yeah. You oh, skate away? God. Yeah. Did you just self-own? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> did you, I mean, look, I mean, hockey players are the softiest, pansiest whoa, athletes. Whoa. Oh, my and you're, and, God. And you're a basketball fan, dude. <laughs> yeah. Mark Williams has been out for a month because he has oh, wow, a back Mark. bruise. Oh, poor Robbie is really mad bruise. right now, too. There's like, someone I can in the Stanley it. Cup that played with broken ribs. In the NBA, they'd be out for six months. Hey, look, I'm a college basketball guy. I'm here to clown the NBA with, with you as much as you want. Because they're the second softiest, pansiest athletes we have softiest. here in North, yeah. also, in, in North America. What is that? Is softiest another level I don't of know soft? What's going yes. On. We're soft. also forgetting about soccer players. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, you well, know. We're talking about athlete trap. Oh, whoa. I wouldn't. Jeez. Man. This is a disrespectful segment. The, the, the thoughts shared here are not shared by Wes and Walker. No, they this are not. Aaron Shropshire and Josh yeah. Fitty Mark. I, I apologize. Yeah, we just to, say that. I apologize to Mark Williams. Who, yeah. who caught a stray for yeah. no reason? Oh, of course, and it, you, you don't hurt Walker's feelings, Shrop. So good thing this is your last Shroppy's proppies of the of the year. Yeah, Bottom me, line, though, I think Shrop is like laying you out. And then when you say the softest, I mean those guys, hockey softiest. players are some of the softest. Yeah, yeah, they're some of the toughest players that there are. Teeth knocked out, they get hit, you know, pretty hard, just as hard as football players, just not as consistently. I mean, let's. Get you uh, smashed into a wall one time and see if you're still talking that soft man. And they also block shots with, like, the limited padding that they have. That's what have. I'm saying, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not even, you know. You would know maybe if you watched a few games. Oh. So I, I've got much better things to do with my time. I might watch baseball that the, nobody watches. The, the last thing, real quickly, is I just, the, the last thing, the only thing that we've ever done that required any athletic ability my man was dunking on a seven-foot goal and then was out of breath, wanting a milkshake afterwards. That's a true story. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, cannot run from that, can't hide from that, but, you know, I still did it. 419 said, you guys are all soft. All right, you know, I'm sure Wes takes offense to that, but that's fine. We're all soft, <sighs> and we'll move on to Shroppies Proppies. Let's get it here. Go ahead and uh, hit us with the first shrop. <laughs> 
So, just a little recap of last week. Wes actually won last week, so he has tied it up. You guys are tied 4-4 heading into this last week, so it's we got all drama. It's all to play for. Yeah, man. Uh, also, Prize Picks was not very populated with uh, picks this week, so I just took the average of the past five games for these players, and <laughs> here we it's are. It's not a bad idea, to be honest, no, if you're going to do it. I'm telling you, Shroppy's going to have his own sports book before it's all said and done. Shrop.com. Come yeah. on, come on. So, starting off first, we have Bryce Young. Boy, how do you hope it's a better performance than last week? His number is set at 182 and a half passing yards. Yeah, the game to go to that he accumulated that many passing yards is Green Bay when he threw for 312. He hasn't done it any other game that he's played in the last five outings. The last time you could go before the Green Bay outing was 194 passing yards against Tennessee. I mean, that's the frustrating part here, Wes, is that he's pretty rarely even hitting 200 in the second half of this season. And yet I'm going to be dumb and I'm going to take the over. I'm just going to abide by them not holding anything back. The last game of the season, real Dan Fouts-esque, if you will. Last game of the season there, Brett. Can't hold anything back now. I think you're going to be throwing it. I think you're not going to be punting a lot. I don't even know how much rushing Chuba Hubbard is going to go with here. I think Bryce Young is going to be throwing the football a decent amount because this is who it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about Bryce Young. Give me the over on 180. Man, so when I'm thinking about this, the theory of Queen City Magic to start normally goes that when you think the Panthers are going to crash out, they normally do rise up and play. So Bryce Young and these 182 yards, uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the under. I think the Panthers are going to be feisty in this game, but I'm going to go with the under. Um, I just don't see Bryce and the offense being that much better uh, than what they've been basically all year long. It's the smarter play. I'll admit that. I'm going with the dumb one. What else you got, (laughs) Shrop? Moving on here to the running game, we have Chuba Hubbard coming in at 68 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, if you look at Chuba Hubbard's game log, 100 yards, 87-87 against Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta. The last two games, he's only run for about 40, and the attempts are going down. I expect it to continue to go down. Even against Tampa, when he ran for over 100, the only over 100 outing that he's had all season long, even ran for a couple of touchdowns, you might think that you could see that again. I just think the game style for me is that Bryce Young is going to be airing it out, and I think they're going to be on this trend of Chuba continuing to get less carries. In fact, he's gotten less carries each game since the Tampa game, 25, 23, 22, 16, 11. I don't know if you get lower than 11. I just don't think he gets enough to get 70. Give me the under here, Wes. I'm going to go under as well. Tampa Bay is fifth in rushing yards per attempt. Uh, and I just expect the offense, like I said, I, I think they'll be feisty, but I think it's going to be because Carolina's defense is going to be able to make this an ugly game. But I don't see uh, Chuba going over that. Give me the under. All right. All right. So then moving on to our 1,000-yard uh, receiver here, Adam Thielen. His number right here is a cool 55 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, he's gotten a little bit better here the last month after taking a long break in between, you know, big time outings yards wise. He had 74 against New Orleans, 43 against Atlanta, 94 against Green Bay, 38 against Jacksonville. I'll take the over. 
I would have been interested to see what they would do if he was like 50 yards away from a thousand. If there'd be any stat chasing, which I would have been a fan of, by the way. I love it when players will stat chase to make sure that they get their milestones. It looks a lot cleaner in pro football reference, but he's already gotten it. So I think when you go to Adam Thielen, even still, he is clearly the best wide receiver on this team. If I think Bryce Young gets over 180, I think Adam Thielen's going to be involved. Give me the over on Thielen. Uh, give me the over as well. Uh, I just think that he's going to be the primary target, the primary guy like he's been all year, and I just have a hunch that he'll get over that mark. Okay. All right. And then moving on to the defensive side of the ball, Frankie Louvu, three and a half solo tackles. Only one against Jacksonville, by the way. So if you look at the total tackles, he's had double digits in two of the last three games. But if we're going solo here, you mix it up on us, Rob. We're only going solo. I'll say over. I think one thing that happens with Tampa is they've been using a lot more Rashad White recently. Mm -hmm. And if you start to throw the ball to him a little bit more, five yards past the line of scrimmage, some screen action, Frankie Louvu bearing down, making that tackle. I could see Frankie being the guy that is there quicker than some of the other players on the defensive side. And so because of that game style with Baker Mayfield and what Tampa likes to do, Canales loves to run the football, I think he's going to reach the over on the solo tackle mark. What's the number one more time? Four, right? Three and a half. Three and a half. Oh, man, Walker dropped a lot of good statistics right there. Three and a half. Give me the over. Okay. Give me the over on that. All right. So far, you guys only differ on one. So we have the offense, the defense. Now we're moving on to special teams. Johnny Hecker. Johnny Boom Boom. Five and a half punts. I like that nickname. Is that a thing? Did you just make that up or is that an actual thing? I think he did. I like Johnny no, Boom that, Boom. No, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Is that is a Bone thing? All right, Bone. Nice job. And I'll, I'll start using it too. Johnny Boom Boom. I don't think he's going to be Boom Booming much in this game. Give me the under. Okay. I think they're just going to be throwing it, man. Like, what else do you... Please, I actually hope so. I'm going to be mad if I see six punts from Johnny Boom Boom. I'm going to be mad if I see that, Wes. Throw this thing out. Let's see what Bryce Young has. If it's fourth and three, if it's fourth and seven, just like you did last game, even with Eddie Pinheiro out, I get why they did it. I don't want any punts in this game. Give me Bryce Young on the field. Under six punts. Five punts, right? Five, Five and, and a half, half, yeah. Five and a half. Yeah, give me over. Okay. All right. If it's over, I'm. what, what a way to end I'm the season. I'm just thinking about, you know, you get two to three possessions a quarter. You could reach the six-punt mark by the third quarter. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a tough one. Like you said, obviously you don't want to see him take six punts, but you just kind of. I have a feeling. Right. How many did we differ on? It felt like we two. differed on quite a bit. Oh, just two. Yeah, yeah that'll two. do the job, though. Yeah. It feels like two will do the job, and we haven't had many ties, right, this no, season? Just, just one. All right, just one only tie. one tie. 4-4. Four, four. We'll see who wins Strop Props. I, the one that lost it for me was the long run for Travis Etienne last week because I went on the under for Travis, and as soon as he had that big touchdown run and they couldn't tackle him or push him out of bounds, couldn't bother to do that. That's when I'm going to change up on up. the last one. I'm going under. I changed on a heck of punt. Oh. Because Carolina averages 4.8 per wait, game. Did the sh- wait, hold on one second. Did the shot clock go out? That was, I feel like uh, we You had, could say the game the, hadn't been played The music yet. was fading out, though. I feel like I could put in a bet up until game time. Can't I, Shrappy? Isn't that how it works? Oh, so now you're going to text him. I can come to the window with money. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as I don't text in game. I like that. <laughs> I said, yeah, at least at least we changed it up a little bit. And he's like, nope, I'm going to go with what Walker is going with. So All right. Got, we got one. It comes down to Bryce Young, baby. Comes down All to right. Bryce. Come on, Bryce. Come I like on. it. That's how I like it. <laughs> if Bryce High stakes. If if Bryce forces me to lose Shrops props this season, then that's when I give up on him. 
That's okay. when I'll <laughs> get on the CJ Stroud. <laughs> Thank you, Stroppy. We Thank appreciate it. By the way, we do have somebody texting in here saying that their son once played with an Aaron Shropshire. I think. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm scroll. I need to find it. Somebody said that they used to know an Aaron Shropshire that played hockey. I can't imagine Uh there's too many people like that. Yeah, that's that's probably me then. All right, we'll look it up. But I'm also going to text and see what kind of things Uh they have to say about you. That's what I'm going to say. All right, thanks, Shrop. Yeah, thank you guys. We appreciate it. The last Shrop's props. We can have him in maybe Monday to figure out exactly who won for the rest of the season. Now, one thing, too, I would have taken the under on Baker Mayfield throwing yards this season. I don't know what the prop was at the beginning, but I don't it, I don't think it was going to be posted at about 4000, which is what he's going to hit in this game. Baker Mayfield's been playing well, man. We'll find out exactly what we think of him compared to some of the other players in this game when we do top 10 players at 220. But Wes, I'll tell you this, the first game that we did the top 10, I had Baker, I don't even think I had him on the list, I don't think. You did not. We you definitely did. had some contentious moments about that. About Baker Mayfield. Yes. He'll be on the list this time. He's been playing well. And okay, a little I, preview for everybody. He'll be on the list. Uh, I think the sample size, it's grown. Uh, they, If you look at the last five games, they've won four of their last five. I think Baker is finally feeding the number one wide receiver this year in a way that he never has done. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't matter. If you ha- trade for Odell Beckham Jr., one of the best wide receivers at the time, He's barely getting a thousand yards when he should be receiving for like fifteen hundred, barely getting it. So then he comes to Carolina, and despite DJ Moore being able to reach almost twelve hundred yards with quarterbacks like Sam Darnold, with quarterbacks like Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, doesn't matter. Except it does when Baker Mayfield's throwing you the football and he's throwing it the opposite direction. But here Mike Evans is getting the football and Chris Godwin is possibly going to go for a thousand he's only i think 20 away so yeah, two 73 two yeah 30 almost 30 away mm-hmm. two 1000 yard receivers 28 touchdown passes 10 interceptions i mean it's been a little up and down for baker this year i wouldn't say he is the poster child for consistency but more often than not wes he's been pretty good and certainly way better than he was last year how much do you think panthers fans resent the fact that baker has been pretty good oh i think so because especially for the bryce non-believers they definitely resent what baker's doing because they feel like hell if he could have come in here and done close to what he's doing this year he's having a career year he's got career highs and completions completion percentage yards touchdowns quarterback rating and so if he came in and had that kind of year last year for the Carolina Panthers, who knows where this franchise could be as far as the needs that you needed, what you could have brought in, and where this team could have been as far as a uh, reclamation project is concerned. Could be sitting there battling this week, and it could be roles reversed, where Tampa Bay is the team that's struggling down bad, and the Carolina Panthers are the team that are looking for a playoff spot with a win. And so, yeah, I, I think there's some resentment there for Baker, especially the way that he came in. If he would have had plenty of bright spots and few lows uh maybe he'd still be here but i think for the most part it was so bad and everybody thought he was done thought he was cooked he went to the rams he had a a quick moment there but then once he was able to uh go to tampa and do what he's done now i think that everybody is looking at it saying man where was all this at the classic fan line where was all this at when we needed it i you know it would make sense for fans to resent what Baker is doing in Tampa. I actually don't think they resent him like that. 
The reason I don't think so is because everybody wanted to move on from him. Well, the text line is going to tell us in a minute. Yeah, well, we so we can read some of them. Uh, don't know how many people are actually writing about Baker Mayfield. 803 said Baker only works when Baker feels bad. So that might be one. Uh, 704 said, how could he do that if he had no protection here in Carolina? Because the offensive line is certainly way better in Tampa than what it is in Carolina. I don't, I don't know if, if people really resent Baker just because of all the QBs I mentioned, not being able to help DJ get to 11 or, um, excuse me, throwing the ball to DJ more and, and us still not being a great offense. Baker just being the latest chapter in that awful QB book. I think we were all ready to move on with whoever the rookie QB was going to be. We were ready before Baker Mayfield comes over here. And so he's real bad. It's not a good trade. But at the same time, like, yeah, it, it's not like there was a lot of help for him. I get that. It was just time to move on. And so I don't know if people really resent, okay, he goes to Tampa. The offensive line is clearly much better. The weapons are much better. You have Mike Evans, who's going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You have Chris Godwin, who I think is a really good wide receiver. You have Dave Canales come over as an offensive coordinator, who I wonder if he's going to get some head coaching looks here because of the job that he's done with Tampa. They might win the division when we thought they were going to finish last. But the talent even on the defensive side is going to help them with Antoine Winfield being one of the bigger Pro Bowl snubs in all of the NFL. I just think Baker is doing exactly what he's supposed to, and maybe even more so with the talent around him, with an offensive coordinator helping him. The sack percentage is down, which is great. And I don't think the sack percentage would have been down this year, especially with the way the offensive line is played. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of resentment. We just want Baker Mayfield, uh, excuse me, we just want Bryce Young to play a lot better than what he has with better help around him, hopefully next year. Yeah, you certainly do. And that's the thing, you know, when you see other quarterbacks doing what you feel like. And, and the thing about Baker is he's doing what we thought was the potential of what he could do. You talked about the weapons around him and things there. And when he went there, I said, man, well, he's got Mike Evans. He's got Godwin. If he can't do anything with those two guys, then, yeah, it's pretty much going to be a wrap for him. But, yeah, you know, Bryce Young, obviously he can make all of this stuff go away with great performances and leading this team out of the cellar like they are right now. But, um, you know, I'd be interested. We haven't had as many texts coming in about this, but I would love to know what fans think about Baker and if they do resent the fact that he's playing so well. Uh, we're, we're seeing some. 704 says resent the organization more so than Baker. Sweet Cheeks writes in, we don't care about Baker. The end. So I guess that's what it is. Bebop from Rock Thrill saying, don't you pull that bull, Walker. Last <laughs> year, y'all were talking about how we had a great offensive line. Don't act like Baker went over to a better offensive line. What are you talking about? He did. That's a fact. Does anybody want to argue that Carolina's offensive line is better than Tampa? Like I, Nobody wants to argue that point. And Baker is playing well with that offensive line. He's playing well with better weapons. It's true that the offensive line for Carolina last season was much better than what they're doing this year. They regressed. They have Chandler Savala, one of the worst offensive lineman performances we've ever seen. And he was starting at left guard. Bradley Bozeman, regressing in pass protection. You have a revolving door at right guard. You had none of the continuity that you were able to build last year. And Icky isn't even having as good of a year as he did his rookie season. Through coaching, through playing, whatever, it's not nearly as good. I think that's just a fact to say that he goes over to a better situation. We didn't see it at the time, but he goes over to a better situation than what ended up being here in Charlotte. And he's playing well. Hats off to him. We'll rank him. Yeah, coming into this week 18, Tampa's offensive line is rated as the 13th best in all of football. And where's Carolina's? The Carolina Panthers. 
for week 18 come in ranked 28 at number 28 yeah pretty significant difference <laughs> all right let's welcome doug branson of locked on hornets to talk about the hornet season on the other side of the break it's wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you joining us. 92.7 FM. We'll now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Doug Branson, my other co-host, my other other co-host on the Locked On Hornets podcast that you can listen to anywhere you get your podcast. And that includes YouTube. Also follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson LOH and read his sub stack. Everyhornetsboxscore.com. He's doing a lot of different things. Doug, we appreciate the time, man. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I know uh, I it's, it's coming. Important. I think it's important to let the people know before we get started and talk Hornets here that I was supposed to be on yesterday, uh, but I was informed that I was bumped for someone called The Big Show. I don't know if The is uh, his first name, uh, but The Big Show bumped me. So I'm doing all right. So you are the second guest to complain about this. Josh did the same thing. Both of you were angry that you guys got bumped for The Big Show. But answer me this, Doug. Is it true or not true that... You can understand just how big of a guest he was because you got his autograph at a Gaston Mall like 20 years ago. Uh, that's true. But what's also true is that I'm actually, and not a lot of people know this, I'm actually a two-time Intercontinental Champion. So you could have had me on as well. What's your wrestling name? What, what is Doug's wrestling name? We, we need to figure this out. You can text us, 704-570-9610. Doug, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Do you have a wrestling name that you used to go by? Uh, yeah, it was The Bigger Show. Mm. <laughs> Bigger Show joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I was thinking the brand man. The brand man. Sting is already taken. See, that would be perfect for Doug. It the would whole be. Hornets angle Sting would be great, but that's already taken, unfortunately. All right, we'll have some time. We'll try to figure it out. At the end of the interview, we will have come up with a wrestling moniker for one Doug Branson. In the meantime... I guess we'll do what we were supposed to do when we booked them. We'll talk some Charlotte Hornets basketball. At least we have you on after a win here, Doug. We got you on here before tonight's game against Chicago because, well, it might be the only win that we have in quite some time. But they got the win on the road against Sacramento. I tweeted it out. We were going to have you on to talk some miracles. How about that miracle after midnight part three? Pretty crazy, huh? Well, listen, you know, it was a, it was a highly unlikely win. Um, it was an incredible win. And it was a lot due to the fact that Terry Rozier returned and turned in a masterpiece. It was a masterful win. I don't know that it was a miracle. And I hate to sound like that guy because, look, I came up with the term. I was I donned the first miracle after midnight, the miracle after midnight. Still waiting on my check in the mail for everyone that uh, 
uses it. Um, but I don't know that this was a miracle. It was a, a highly unlikely win and an incredible win. And I don't want to, I don't want to rain on the parade of, of how important that win was because they had lost so many games in a row and it was such a tough road stretch. The team needed that win desperately. Um, and, and it did come down to some late game heroics, but that first miracle after midnight fellas, I mean, there were so many things working against the Hornets. I mean, they had a lot of absences then from the roster. They were missing Cody Zeller. They were missing big Al Jefferson. They were missing Nick Batum, who was a huge contributor at the time. And you're already missing two centers. You're going up against DeMarcus Cousins, who scores 56. The game goes into double overtime. You had to get late-game heroics, not from Terry Rozier, not from P.J. Washington or Miles Bridges. You had to get them from Troy Daniels, who scored 28 points in that game on eight three-pointers made. That, my friends was a miracle. <laughs> so Doug taking this time to make sure everybody knows he also coined Miracle After Midnight, which is oh, true. Oh, did I say that? Did yeah, I mention you that? You did. Yeah, it's all right, though. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it, and tell me when those checks come into the mail. I did want to say we, we've do, been doing a lot of Terry Rogier appreciation, both on the podcast and on Wesson Walker, WFNZ, really any show, talking Hornets basketball. We'll bring the radio question here to the airwaves, Doug. Is Terry playing so well that he's playing himself off of the roster? Or is he playing so well that he's playing himself onto the roster next season? What, which one is it? Well, look, he's playing the best basketball of his career. And so if you are a franchise that was interested in maximizing value on a player that is really the fullest version of himself and the fullest version of himself, I think we can all appreciate what that means to Charlotte, but it's not an all-NBA-level player. I mean, I'm sure he's getting some votes for All-Star, but I didn't see him in the top 10 list of All-Star guards um, when, when that first list came out. So it's not even – and a lot of that has to do with the context of him playing for Charlotte. And Charlotte doesn't have a lot of wins. I understand that. But if you're a franchise looking to maximize the value of that player, then I think you have to say that Terry Rozier is playing his way out of Charlotte. And that's a compliment to Terry Rozier because I think there are a lot of teams that will be in contention – and looking to move into the playoffs like, uh, I don't know, the Los Angeles Lakers who are in trouble right now and need a little bit of offensive firepower that would be happy to welcome someone like Terry Rozier on, onto the squad. And, and again, he's been a name that has been mentioned a lot over the past couple of seasons, but now he's, put, he's playing a, a level of basketball that we just simply haven't seen from him, both in terms of, the degree of difficulty on the shots that he's hitting, but also his ability to balance his own shot making. And then, and it's the clutch shot making with his ability to get others involved, something that he was tasked with doing last season because LaMelo ball was also injured for, for a large period of time. And he didn't do as well last season. And he knew that, and he made sure that everyone else knew that he wasn't satisfied with how he played last season. And, and he got an opportunity. I'm sure it's not an opportunity that anyone wanted him to have, but he got an opportunity to essentially do it again, to get a redo, and he's done so much better. And so I think he is uh, – he should be. I won't say that he is. I think he should be playing his way out of Charlotte if the franchise is serious about long-term making this team better. Because in the short term, losing him will make them worse. No doubt about that. Doug, with all of the trade talks and people talking about this player and that player should be traded, but who's maybe an unsung piece on the roster that could be a vital part of this team going forward in its development? 
Well, I think, you know, you, you look at the rookies, Brandon Miller, obviously. I mean, that's a player that's untouchable, you know, has all NBA potential. Right. And, and a lot of the discussion around Terry Rozier, I think, changed dramatically when they drafted Brandon Miller and after he showed what he showed early in his rookie career. And you can, you can see that him developing into a super wing, and, and it makes the prospects of losing Terry Rozier a little bit easier for the franchise. But I'll go to the other rookie and say that um, Nick Smith Jr. has played really well offensively, and his, you can see the effort defensively. He's not playing well defensively. He's got a lot to learn. He looks more like the traditional you know, first-round rookie experience defensively. Uh, and so, you know, I, but I think his offense has been so explosive and so impactful that Steve Clifford's playing him at the beginning of the second quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. Times, you know, when you need a little bit of extra firepower, uh, to keep pace, especially on an offense that is just abysmal. Whether Terry Rozier plays well or not, I mean, this offense has been bad this season, and Nick Smith Jr. has been an exception to the rule. He's played really well, shot-making, incredible. He can get to his spot. Uh, and, again, I, I just think you look at the effort defensively, and you go, okay, give him a season or two, and he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to be an important role player on this team for many years to come. And then, Doug, looking at Miles Bridges and, and how he's played since he's been back, but putting up very solid numbers, is this a guy a lot of people are speculating uh, that each of these two between the Hornets and Miles are going to part ways? Is this a guy that can help the Hornets if they do decide to move him and bring back uh, some good stuff in return? Yeah, well, they'll have a difficult time moving him because of the restrictions placed on the idea of that. Once he signed the qualifying offer, mm it essentially becomes a, a no-trade clause. So you're not going to be able to move them unless there's agreement by all parties. So, so the, likely, the, the strong likelihood is that he's going to enter unrestricted free agency next season, and the Hornets, if they choose to, will have to compete with a number of franchises that will look uh, for someone with his uh, size, ability to get to the rim, and ability to guard primary wings. Um, that's, that's a valuable thing in the league. So you know, I, I expect him, you know, if he finishes out the year strong, uh, to command some attention um, in free agency for sure. Um, you know, in terms of how he's played, I think he looks like a. I think he looks like a player that has missed some time. Uh, you know, I think he's still getting into the groove of things. He, I think he on social media admitted that uh, his most recent play um, hasn't been particularly great or good enough to get them wins out on, on the road uh, on the West Coast. I think you know his three point shot is still as inconsistent as it was when we last saw him on the floor. Uh, his ability to get to the rim is certainly impressive. His ability, his ability to finish at the rim has been a little bit questionable. But in fairness to Miles, they've asked him to do a lot on the defensive end of the floor to take a lot of that responsibility because of all of the absences so far. And so, you know, when you're, when you're having that much attention to pay on the defensive end, yeah, I, th I think it's certainly going to leak into your offensive game a little bit. But here's the thing. They're asking Miles to do unfair things, but that's what we ask. That's what we ask of people who do command near max level or max level contract. We ask them in the NBA to do super unfair things, and so I think that's going to be you know his challenge as he makes his case, you know, to uh, to other suitors is uh, can he do unfair things? The wrestling monikers we got on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line are <laughs> the big slow. <laughs> Mr. Mbop Hansen, which I really oh, like. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Chad from Charlotte says, Ginger Snap, really just trying to play at the fact that he's got red hair. Now, here's the one that I have for you. I think he should be called Dougie Deathmatch. 
And like the move that he has is the Branson bump. What do you think, Wes? Ooh. I like that. That's not like bad. It. But see, when you said the ginger snap name, I like ginger snap more as a finishing move. And then I did okay. have to yes. take a second look to make sure the hair was red. I've always liked Red Raiders for Texas Tech. I like the Red Raider. Uh, okay, we're, we're actually starting to come up with a pretty nice character. Yeah, now. he can play up with that, and then Ginger Snap be the uh, the finishing move. What do you think, Doug? No, I like that. And before I hit the Ginger Snap, I brush one side of my hair away and the other <laughs> side of my hair away. And I'm definitely, I'll say, anyone with, I feel like, with like long red hair in wrestling, I feel like is an automatic heel. Like yeah, you are not a good exactly. guy yeah. if you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's Dougie Deathmatch. You just got ginger snapped. <laughs> what you want? That's Dougie Deathmatch on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Go check him out on his sub stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. Doug, great fun, man. We appreciate it. All right, I'm going to hit the weight room. I want the big show. Let's go, baby. Oh, no, he just called. Now he's calling out the seven feet wrestlers. Like like any other wrestler that's under six foot right. isn't the one that isn't going to destroy him. Yeah. Now, he's, now he wants the 350-pounders. <laughs> he wants the seven-footers. It's all going terribly, terribly wrong for Doug Branson. The dude has a child. He's got a family. I don't feel like we signed him up for the right thing, and then he's going to go in there blind. All right, we have one more hour to go here on Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.